Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 65. 65. The Andrew Bodnerchuk episode. Who? Uh, a- Andrew Bodnerchuk. You, you don't remember Andrew Bodnerchuk? No. Well, you probably don't remember Andrew Bodnerchuk because he only played, um, let's see here. He, he played two seasons in the NHL. One he, he opened his season in 2009-2010 at the age of 21. Then he came back in 2015-2016 at the age of 27 and then finished his career in the same year playing with Columbus and Colorado. What a weird career. Co- career. What a weird career for Andrew Bodner, Chuck. How did um, I not know who that is? Now that you, you say his name, can you... He's a storied... Historical player in the Boston Bruins organization, Andrew Bondarchuk. Bondarchuk, shame on me. There's nobody good in the '60s other than Brad Marchand. I know. I was just looking at and that. Benoit too. Pouliot, of course. Of course, you can't forget about Benoit. But and um, Wait, no. Uh, hey, funny enough, there's been no Bruins player in the history of the organization to wear the number 69. So that's. I know that's in a few you know episodes, but never been worn. Obviously, they're saving it for a very special person. But, anyways, <laughs> either way, welcome back to the Something's Bruin Podcast, episode 65. Um, as always, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, Bruins still rolling eight zero and one to start this early seat or to start the season. Um, undefeated in regulation, they have that one overtime loss against Anaheim, which we'll get into because we had we didn't get a chance to talk about that last episode. Um, but other than that, you know. McAvoy news just broke suspended four games for that hit on Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, Matthew Patra, he's staying in Boston. That's huge news. Um, just a couple things we'll touch on, but I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more, but uh, I'm, I've been going on long enough. Nick, how have you been? Good, man. Happy Halloween, huh? Happy Halloween. 
I, t- I forgot about it all day today, even at work. I, I, everybody was wearing costumes. Uh, shout out to some of the people that I work with because some of their costumes are freaking awesome. But then I was driving home today. I saw everybody trick-or-treating. I was like, oh my God, that's right. How lucky are we to be able to record a podcast while Halloween's going on outside? Um, did you dress up? I don't see you in costume. No, I didn't. Although I did um, go to a couple Halloween parties over the weekend and uh, oh. I dressed up as the I am 12 guy from the Benchwarmers. So oh, I think I, I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get the jersey, like the original jersey. The uh, I think it's like Hank's Hardware or something like that. But I waited too long and I couldn't order it. So I just uh, I wore a socks jersey and I wrote I am 12 with a little picture of me on the front of a paper. <laughs> Who was on the back of the socks jersey? Nomar. Oh, there you Shout go. Out. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Honestly, you kind of look like Nomar a little bit too. <laughs> oh, do you think so? A little bit, yeah. I see. I take it. that as a compliment. We're both, you know, obvious hardcore Italianos. But Nomar's a rocket. Nomar, hey, hey. Um, you and I were talking about if we were going to dress up on on stream because we and by stream I mean when we record this right now because we we did last year and we've mentioned it before like on our YouTube channel. I think like the last episode we uploaded because we've only uploaded like four episodes on YouTube and one of them was our Halloween episode because we looked funny with our costumes. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you texted me this afternoon, like, should we dress up? And I was like, yeah, dude, let's dress up. And then we just sat down to record and you were like, oh, I guess we really don't have to because we don't post these anywhere <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like, I know, we'd only be dressing up for one another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we'll get back to that eventually. Um, You know, our lives are just both so busy with work and, and doing the pod and everything else. But... Um, yeah, hopefully we get these back on YouTube, but I think we should start with the uh, with the Ducks game. Uh, obviously, the first loss for the Bruins this season. Unbelievable start for the team. Haven't lost in regulation yet. They're 8-0-1. Um, but th- this Ducks game, honestly, they, they could be 9-0-0 right now. Um, that game should have been closed out. Um, I, I believe it was the Ducks scoring two goals in the final two minutes because the Bruins just could not, for the life of them, like just get the puck out of the out of the zone. They couldn't clear the blue line. Yeah, I was thinking because I I have the the last three games in front of me, and I was like, let's see. Like I I wasn't able to watch the Red Wings game. I was like, what what happened against the Ducks? I don't really remember that game. And then as soon as you said they should have won that game, overtime loss, I was like, oh my god, that's right. They were up three to one with two minutes left in the game, and they had fifty chances to clear the puck out of the zone, and they couldn't do it to save the life of them. It was insane. I th- I think I remember I tweeted right after, um, I think it was right after the first power play goal because they had they. Oh, did they have a power play goal and then they scored when they were a man up or was there back-to-back penalties to end that game? Do you remember? Um, I'm looking at the box score right now. Nothing, no power plays for Anaheim. Just two. Uh, well, the, well, the Leo Carlson goal was just five on five and then Troy Terry scored with the empty net. Um, oh, okay. Then maybe that's what it was. But um, I, I could have swore somebody on the Bruins got a stupid-ass penalty at the end of the third, but maybe maybe them misremembering things. But either way, um, the Bruins had like f- six opportunities in a row to clear the puck out of the out of the zone. I remember there was one play, Zaka had the puck. Like it was they were peppering Olmark, like nonstop shots going his way. And the guy, like, holy shit, like best penalty killer of the Bruins is Linus Olmark. The way even I know we're not talking about last night's game, but the way he was playing last night too, I guess two nights ago when you're listening oh. to against Panthers. Oh yeah. He had like a, a sequence of of seven saves in like about 30 seconds. It was incredible. But against the, uh, the Ducks, he was doing everything in that one sequence. He was making saves, he was, and, and his teammates were just like, for whatever reason, for that 35 seconds, it's like they were holding 
pool noodles. Like they could not get the puck <laughs> out of the zone to save their lives. And they had, there was one chance. Like I remember pasta had the puck in the corner and I was like, finally pasta's got it. Just get it out of there. And he turned around and he fired it. And I don't remember who it was, but for all I know, it could have been freaking Vaca Ninen. But one of the defensemen on the Ducks just jumped up and grabbed it. And I was like, here we go yep. again. And it was stuck in the zone. And then the play that stuck out the most to me was uh, the puck was going around everywhere. Zaka finally ended up with the puck on his stick. And he was like at the top of the face-off of the, of the face circle. He had room. He could have, you know, glassing out. That's what they always teach you. And when you're growing up, glassing out. It, don't yep. use your backhand on the, when, on the penalty kill or whatever it is in the defensive zone. And he went to his backhand and he fanned on it. And then the Ducks got it and they immediately scored. And you went, oh, shit, you know, here we go. And then it was followed by, you know, the goalie score with like 12 seconds left to put the game into overtime. And by then it was like, all right, well. I mean, I don't know what they got to do to swing momentum their way, but holy shit, this was they could have been avoided ten times. These let these two goals they scored in the last three seconds. They had every chance in the book to get the puck out of the zone, and they couldn't do it for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, shout out to um, uh, McAvoy that game though. He he had three assists um, uh, right there against the Ducks. But I'm trying to see right here because um, I'm pretty sure it, it, Linus Olmark started that game, and I, I I'm trying to remember. How many saves he made? Uh, oh, he made Patrick, 20, Patrick Brown got that stupid holding penalty at the That's end. That's what it was. Period. I knew it was yeah, somebody. You know what? Patrick you know what? Brown, get off this team! God damn it! We did, how did we not remember that? And you know what? <laughs> That's right. Patrick Brown started that entire sequence, and I'm sure the people listening right now are yelling and screaming at their radios or, or their their phone right now, whatever they're listening to. It was Patrick Brown. It was Patrick Brown. How can you guys forget? He played like two minutes that game, and he. Cost us a game. Yeah, he cost he us two points. Out of it. Jesus Christ! Dude. <laughs> he he sure, dude. Time. He sure, he sure made himself noticeable. He, I mean, oh my for god, for good or now, for bad. With uh, with with McAvoy's suspension and Grizzly getting hurt, I don't know if they're gonna want to throw Lori in the mix. I mean, they got Zaborol, and they, I don't know. I mean, are we gonna have to see more Patrick Brown now with some of these guys moving around? Because holy hell, has he been ass? Yeah, I, I don't think know. That game dude. was the cherry on the cake against the cherry on the cake. Is that? Cherry, cherry, right? cherry on top, cherry on top. That was a cherry on top of the cake. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the thing, dude. Um, why are they not like? I don't know about your opinion, but my opinion is this: Why are you not playing guys like Mark McLaughlin? I, we do see Steen up in the lineup now, which is nice. Um, I would take Boakvist over. Patrick Brown, I would. I, I, oh yeah, why did I just say he was a defenseman? That's my fault. What Patrick Brown or Bokefist? No, no, Patrick Brown. Oh well, maybe because they put him on the back you know end practice the other I probably confused him with Ian Mitchell because he sucks shit too. The games that he was playing. Yeah, and talk about a guy who had a strong preseason too to come in and kind of yeah. suck ass. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I mean, the Bruins still, even though it was a loss, they still salvage a point out of that. Um, undefeated in regulation, they have. Let me see here. They have been able to. They have 17 points out of a possible 18. So it's not the end of the world, obviously. They're not one of the best teams in the league right now. I know. How, how tragic. Instead of getting 100% of points, they got like 96.5. So I guess we probably shouldn't overreact, but, you know, still. Like, still they, they, I mean, they've been playing unreal. And, like, and I get it, too. Like we were talking about last episode, they haven't had a hard schedule at all. Like if, like the games, yeah. the teams, like they, they've played the Ducks twice. They played the Blackhawks twice. They played the Sharks they played some real shit bum teams to start the season, but 
at the end of the day, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. And they've gone out and they've won. I mean, minus this game, which they should have won and they still were able to get a point out of. They've they've at least got a point out of every single game. They got two points out of every single game except for one. Yeah. And I mean, that's still impressive in their own right, you know, and, and against the Red Wings. So what happened against the Red Wings game? Because I wasn't able to watch that because I didn't have freaking cable. Um, but I know that I, what I was seeing online was, you know, after a game against the Ducks where, you know, 4-3, they kind of shot themselves in the foot to come back against the Red Wings, a team that was surging and beat them down 4-1. to one. I heard it was a pretty good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, <clears throat> that that you're right too because that's a game at the time Detroit was second in the division. They were humming. Um, you know, Bruins were right there too. Obviously, top two teams in the division. Um, both of the teams too coming into that game were coming off of a loss, and it was going to be interesting to see how the Bruins answered to that loss against the Ducks. And they answered. I mean, a four to one victory over Detroit. Jeremy Swayman, um, twenty three saves on twenty four shots. He played well. He played really, really well, actually. He made a couple of really good saves. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit, too. The Bruins goaltending right now is, again, top-notch. Both of them playing out of their asses. I'll use that reference again. <laughs> but um, Zaka had a goal. He opened up the scoring. McAvoy with a Bobby Orr-type goal, crashing the net. Um, Joe Valeno had a goal for Detroit. And then Pasta, again, his second penalty shot goal of the season. And then he banks one off the boards from the opposite end into the empty net. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Pasta right now, he's got eight goals through nine games. Um, really one of the main goal scorers on the team. Um, it was a good game. It was a good game. Um, wore those vintage alternate jerseys again. One of the best jersey matchups I've ever seen. That alternate against Detroit's red jerseys. Uh, oh, yeah. So nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, that was a good game. It was a good game. Yeah, the. I mean, you kind of mentioned a little bit. The goalie play from the Bruins this year has been incredible. I mean, we could honestly carve out like 10 to 15 minutes every single episode. Just talk about the goalie play because okay. – every week like it's it's they're the model of consistency and i like i'll say it again like nobody expected them to do what they did last year or to even really come close because that was ridiculous but to look at the schedule the bruins have played eight games now and they've given up three goals once is is asinine and and it's not like like it's just like oh like okay we have a hot goalie Let's ride him until he fails us. Like the, like you said, the Bruins have two hot goalies right now. When you can alternate them back and forth, I mean, you would like to think that they could ride that wave a little longer. That's what happened last year when they rode it all the way, you know, unfortunately, to the first round of the playoffs. But, you know, they're picking up this year right where they left off last year, and they're shutting the door on these teams. And they're really going to need it moving forward now with the suspensions and the injuries they have on their, their defensive core. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention something else about that game too. Um uh, what's his name? Kevin Shattenkirk absolutely hammered Michael Rasmussen. And then he gets up and he takes a run at Patra, gets a penalty. And that's what led to the, uh, the Zaka goal. So, and you saw too, um, just last night's game, or as you're listening two nights ago against the Panthers, um, Patra has been taking kind of a couple of runs lately. So they switched up the lines a little bit. They put a little more meat on his line. They had geeky and Frederick, you know, on his mm-hmm. wings and just to kind of protect them a little bit. Um, but you, you are starting to see that a little more with Patra. You're seeing these guys kind of take note of him, take runs at him, rough him up a little bit, try to get under his skin. So that's going to be something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, you're definitely going to want at least one guy on his line that can, throw their weight around maybe a guy you know geeky's been pretty consistent on his line um 
Frederick, maybe JVR. I mean, any of those guys can protect the house, can protect. They can protect our son as much as they can. Yeah, the prodigal son of Boston, who's now going to be sticking around for a lot more than just nine games. Thank yeah. God, dude. I, I think we all knew it, but like, you know, I mean, when I think when the Bruins were involved, there's always a little inkling in the back of your mind, like, I don't know, they could still mess this up somehow, but he's yeah. deserved every chance to be a part of this lineup. I mean, he has looked so confident and so poised. And, and it's nice too, because like he's getting national recognition. I mean, we were talking about it last episode, how like, obviously the talk has been like nationally. I mean, like, you know, like when ESPN, the very rare occurrences that they do tweet about the NHL, but like the NHL's Twitter account and like all these big hockey creator accounts, like it's all about Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard and Leo Carlson and all these guys. And it felt like nobody was really talking about Patra. And then now, of course, that he's staying for the rest of the season, but like the last couple games when he had the two goal game against uh, whoever that was last week. And now that he's like, I think he has like what five points through his first seven career games or something like that. Like now you're starting to see a little bit of national spotlight on Patra. And it's honestly kind of, it's kind of exciting. Yeah, no, it is. I'm looking at the rookie scoring leaders right now. Um, he's in the top 10. He's number seven right now. He's behind Logan Cooley, Luke Hughes, Pavel Mintikov, Bobby Brink, Connor Bedard, and Ridley Gregg. Um, but he's got five points through nine games. He's a plus four. Um, he fits into those lineup really well, and he gives the lineup a lot of versatility too. So, And I guess since we're on the subject, we can talk about it. I mean – Montgomery said he's not guaranteed the 82 games, but I think he's more saying that just in terms of, you know, not letting Potra think that he's, you know, he, he's solidified here. Right. He, we all know he is, but your head coach can't say that. Um, but <clears throat> seeing him here and, and earn his spot, he's done nothing but earn it. Like we, I don't think there's been a single game where I've, you know, said that maybe he, isn't ready yet or he doesn't deserve to be here. He's getting like a little bit of a rookie treatment. Like, no, he's, he's producing, he's playing well on both ends of the ice. Um, he's never, he, at, at least yet, he hasn't proven to be a liability at any point in time. Um, against Detroit, he was the, he was the guy who pinned the puck up against the boards to kind of close the game out and, and wear the clock. Um, he, he just does everything right. And to do that at 19 years old, um, throw yourself into this lineup, full of veterans, literally full of veterans. Um, it's a perfect situation for him and he's thriving and it would have been shocking to me if they sent him back. Oh yeah. I, I, I think nobody is the only people who are upset by this news today are the, the, how do you Gulf, say it? The Gulf, Gulf? Gulf, Gulf storm, whatever they call it. I mean, <laughs> my God, like I like they're, oh, I can only imagine what's going through their organization right now. No, like, they're not getting, they're not getting their superstar back. The Gulf of Mexico is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no. Oh, yeah. And, and thankfully, we don't have to become a, a, a storm podcast now. I know we were going to say that we were, <laughs> yeah, we were gonna... covering them if he got sent back to the OHL. Yeah. But no, I mean, he he's looked so confident. And I think a lot of the the talk about Patra in terms of like his, his comfort and his ability has been um, in the offensive end of the zone obviously you know like his we've talked a lot about his his puck battles his ability to control the puck and, and read the play but he's also like he's been really strong in the defensive zone as well he had a hiccup against the panthers the other night that second goal where he got his pocket picked and it led directly to a goal i think that's the yeah. only thing you can say so far that it's been like ah oh, he shouldn't have done that or oh that was a mistake by patra but yeah. um 
part of me, part of me almost thinks about like, cause I'm also a big football fan. I talk about the Pats every now and then. And I almost think about it. Like when you're talking about like a cornerback or a defensive back in, in football, no news is good news. Like if you end the game and you go, Oh, I, I don't remember hearing JC Jackson's name out there. That's a good thing because he wasn't getting targeted he didn't make any mistakes. He was doing his job. And I think a lot of that too is, can you get apply to Patra? Like it, it, when you see him out there, it's not like, Oh shit. Like we have this, you know, this 19 year old kid in his eighth career NHL game. Like, let's, you know, see if, he, if he's going to get it done. Like, no, like he goes out there, he wins face-offs. He has good positioning. He's every single time he's touching the ice. He's the lightest player out there. He's five eleven or five ten, like 150 pounds soaking wet. And he's winning puck battles and he's getting his stick in the right position. And he looks incredibly comfortable out there like you have no idea this kid's only 19 years old and i'm also happy too because like the precedent that i think the bruins have been setting so far this year is like if if you play you're gonna get an opportunity and we talked about that you know right before the season started too when the bruins first were announcing roster cuts like obviously potra made a team out of camp um like you know ian mitchell was on the roster you know i don't he's kind of in limbo right now and he because he had a strong preseason um lori obviously didn't get the call up we knew he was coming soon uh you know trent frederick was going to get bigger minutes after building off of what he did last year like a lot of what players put in last year and what they did in the offseason and the preseason they were getting rewarded for it and i think like that's obviously the way it should be but i think you see that happen a lot of times where like teams can maybe sulk back into their into their old ways or like they they just signed chase on they gave him a a pto they very well could have just said all right we've seen what you've done in the past we'll give you fourth line minutes instead of lauco and you know dayton hiding was obviously in town and they could have said all right you know we'll we'll give Dan Heinen these minutes and put geeky at center and then just, just send Patra back to the OHL. But like they're rewarding their players for what they're doing. And I, and it makes me happy. Like steam got the call up the other night. He yep. was, I, I tweeted, he was flying around the ice the other night. He looked good. Like, yeah, he does. Yeah. And in, in, in a season where I think the Bruins need a lot of these guys to be able to make the most out of their opportunities, the ones who are actually doing that are getting rewarded for it. And I think it's a really cool precedent. And I think that that's, I'm happy to see that that's the way it should be. And I saw a clip from uh, Behind the B, whatever that show is called that they do on Nesson. And uh, it was uh, Jim Montgomery talking to Patra. Like uh, they were doing, uh, I think they're doing like one-on-one battles. They pushed the nets in the blue line and it was just like neutral zone battles. And he, he went up against, poor guy, went up against Marshawn and like didn't even stand a chance. Like Marshawn <laughs> just like totally like snapped his ankles, went in and made a play. And uh, I think Montgomery was joking with him. He's like, oh, yeah, I welcome to the National Hockey League, Potsy. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then there was a clip where he pulled him aside and he was kind of like talking. He, Montgomery was talking to Potsy and he was like, yeah, like, you know, like you're going to have a long career in this league. Like he was coaching him up. And like, obviously, like, you know, that's what coaches do. That's what you expect out of it. But I don't know. It was, it was just cool insight to see that, like, obviously, Montgomery knows what this kid can be. Marshawn has clips talking about like, you know, he's, he's really going to be somebody someday. They're asking Burr's around about Patra. And uh, I don't know. It's cool to have our own like homegrown 19 year old teenage talent to get excited about and to see him go out and actually perform. It's, it's exhilarating. I love it. It is, dude. It's so refreshing to see too after a long time and, and kind of having the narrative of uh, entering the season of, Oh no, like Bergeron and Krejci are gone. You have no centers. Like, you're you're going to be screwed. People were literally saying this team is going to take a gigantic step back and maybe even miss the playoffs. Yeah, how's that eight zero and one start to the season look now? Be <laughs> dumb, but, but um, yeah. So I mean, again, that win in, that win in Boston against Detroit. Uh, obviously, you love to see that. And then last night, um, two nights ago, if you're listening, uh, game eight, game eight 
against the Florida Panthers um, was I this a, was gonna be the one, dude. What a <laughs> what a game, dude. That you got a chance to watch that game fully, right? Yeah, I did. That game was insane. I mean, number one. Allmark was nails. He made 35 saves on 37 shots. Zaka with two points. Marshawn with a goal. And then obviously Zaka with the overtime winner. But I think the main story, and the, there's a couple. The ma- main stories in this game, first of all, coming back from a 2-0 deficit, all coming all the way back to tie the game, kind of late in the third. And then that penalty kill after McAvoy's hit on OEL, obviously the major um, Linus Allmark stood on his head. The team penalty killers obviously nailed it down. Um, they they must have learned something in that Ducks game on how to clear the puck because they they did it very well. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I but, I learned that a couple nights prior. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Then Zaka Zaka gets that overtime winner on that laser beam of a shot off the boards, and I went nuts. The fans went nuts. And Jack Edwards went ballistic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Like, kick the cat off the cliff or something. Throw <laughs> the cat off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, I saw somebody tweeted, a, uh, well, I mean, everybody was tweeting the clip and they were talking about Jack Edwards and, and somebody who obviously isn't a Bruins fan was like, what the, why does that announcer sound drunk? And like they yeah. had like thirty replies. Where everybody was like, "Don't talk shit about Jack Edwards. You wouldn't <laughs> understand." But no, like this was the game. Like, um, I think if the Bruins were to lose any of these games, like this was a game going in, I was like, ah, you know, game eight, winner gets Toronto. You know, joking. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh man, like Florida has been such a thorn in the Bruins' side. Obviously, we all know what happened last year, and. Um, to be down two nothing in the first period, the Bruins looked like shit. Like they were, I think they were outshot at one point, like sixteen to seven in the first no, period. The, like the first, it was eighteen to six. First yeah, period, yeah. Was bad. It was bad. it was a it was a total ice tilt. Like it looked terrible. And obviously, we just mentioned the second goal. Like Patra got his pocket picked, easy goal. Uh, the first goal, I don't remember who it was on. Was it Barkov on the Panthers who scored the first goal when he came down the, the he came down the side and, and just ripped a shot past Omar? And it just kind of felt like one of those games, like, all right, like listen, wash your hands with this one. It sucks. It has to be to Florida. But like that first period was horrible. And then all of a sudden, the next two periods, like, holy shit, like the Bruins totally flipped the switch. They were dominating at times. Um, and they were rewarded for it. And they were they were chugging away at that lead. Um Oh, who the hell scored for the Bruins? It was uh, oh Marshawn scored that goal. Zaka, of course, with the goal, but McAvoy yeah. weaving his way down through the zone and and the excitement I had two one game McAvoy oh. right down and all of a sudden he, and he scores and Edwards goes Charlie McAvoy <laughs> <laughs> little Sally in the car is going crazy because it's yeah. it's cool because like there's like. It, for so long, it's been like, oh, Bruins and Canadians, of course, love that rivalry. Bruins and, and Maple Leafs love that rivalry. But it feels like there's something brewing here, no pun intended, with the Bruins and Florida <laughs> Panthers. Obviously, they have the recent history, and you could even throw the Carolina Hurricanes into that mix. But, like, holy shit, like, these games between Boston and Florida are intense. Like, obviously, yeah, going back to the playoffs last year, but that was a great game to watch. I'm, I'm glad I had cable for this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was – that game, honestly – um, when it was 2-0, I kind of had a bad feeling about it. Um, that Marshawn goal was kind of, I don't want to say lucky, but um, it just kind of snuck its way into the net. But Slow little trickle, yeah. 
Yeah, when I saw Pasta pass up the shot and he and like dish the puck off to McAvoy, I was like, ah. I was like, what do you why? why? And then yeah. McAvoy scores. I was like, yeah, I don't care. It went in. I don't care. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, eight zero and one on the season to start. Um, I wanted to pull this up too, just because I thought it was really interesting. Um, shout out to Adam Pellerin, obviously the uh, sideline reporter for Nesson for the Bruins. Um, follow him on Twitter. Give him a follow at Adam Pellerin. But he said the Bruins threw nine games last season, eight one and zero goals per game four three three goals against two three three goal differential plus eighteen power play percentage twenty three point five penalty kill percentage ninety three point three. This season, through nine games, 8-0-1, goals per game, 3-22, so about a goal less. Goals against, 1-5-6, so about a goal less again. Um, differential, plus 15. Power play percentage, 16.7. That can improve. Penalty kill percentage, 97.3%. That's obscene. And that's all, that's a lot of that is Omar and Swayman too. Yeah. And also yeah. I want to listen, I want to give him his flowers because I've been so hard on the guy, but last game I was tweeting about it too. Derek Forbert is looking really good. He's looking he better. Looked, he looked really, he looked really good last game. He was winning puck battles. He was strong on the puck. He was making good passes. But what I noticed most about him was in the offensive zone, he was mobile as hell. He was walking the blue line. He was making plays with the puck. There was even a, a point where he uh, he he had the puck in the blue line, and he even like kind of like almost did like a serpentine route, like like ho- like holding guys off and like migrating the puck through the zone and hitting. I was like, who is this man? This is not the Derek Forbert that I know. <laughs> and uh, I, so I wanted to give him his flowers because he played great against Florida the other night, and the Bruins are really going to need him to step his game up to continue to play the way he's been playing with with McAvoy out now for four games and Grizzlick on the sidelines for at least it looks like two weeks. Yep. And that's that's what I was gonna bring up next. So obviously good segue, huh? Great segue, dude. What a natural. <laughs> um but yeah Grizzlick's gonna be out for at least a couple weeks. Um and McAvoy news dropped today four game suspension. Um the games that he's gonna miss are not easy games either. Um the next four games are the Leafs the jackets says that right the leafs the jackets <laughs> the sabers and the coyotes all right never mind uh okay so that actually is relative yeah no that's not right it's it's the leafs detroit dallas and the islanders i have no idea what you're looking at i'm looking at espn it says it says december 2nd leafs december 3rd De- jackets December? De- oh shit! <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It's it Halloween, me man. <laughs> Dude, it threw, me, it threw me off because we start December against the Leafs too. Okay, so okay, let's backtrack a little bit, huh? Way to go, Michael. Good talk. Uh, the so the games that he'll be missing, yeah, like you said, the Leafs, the Red Wings, the Stars, and the Islanders. So Grizzlick will be missing those games as well, most likely, unless the Bruins medical staff can work some miracles. Um, who do you anticipate the Bruins bring up? Cause there's been talk. So Watherspoon and, um, I believe it was 
Ian Mitchell. I believe those two did not travel with Providence. Um, yeah. I would listen. I I would, and I saw people talking about it on Twitter today. I would love to see Lorai. I would, yep. especially like humble brag. You and I are going to the Leafs, the Leafs game on Thursday. Big deal. I would love to see Lorai's NHL, you know, debut. But I also don't. I don't want to throw him into the fire. Like this is, you know, to be without your two, your you know, two of your your top pairing, essentially two of your top four defensemen against yeah. Toronto, Detroit, Dallas is a bit of a gauntlet in the next week of games here. And I don't, I don't want to just throw Laura into the gauntlet. I would rather have him like, ha- you know, start against uh, in December, like you just said against Columbus or at Arizona, although Arizona just beat the brakes off of uh, who they played the other night. They beat eight to one where there's social media. Ed- Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Forget about it. Then I could. Be- <laughs> um, no. So, so do you think that we see uh Zaboro, there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. Um, Wait, who's, the, who's the? Who's the? Would you say Weatherspoon? Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon. Did, did anybody here? Did anybody here listening have Weatherspoon on their on their <laughs> on their bingo card? Of I mean, defensemen? he could have he could have not traveled with Providence because he slept late. I mean that that could be what <laughs> Ian Ian Mitchell. I I think I I feel like we're gonna see Ian Mitchell. Um, yeah. which. I think is okay. I mean, he like we said, he had a strong preseason. I mean, players have had strong preseasons before and sucked in the regular season, and that's definitely what we've seen with Ian Mitchell so far. Yeah. But um, you know, I mean, if you only need him for a couple of games, you know, McRoy's only out for four games. You know, I could see Ian Mitchell playing. Don't know who that Waterspoon guy is. Um, and I think I would, I think I would go with Zaboro and Ian Mitchell. I think that would be my two left shot defensemen that I bring up. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm kind of with you, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, um, but I feel like the Bruins want Lorai to get some reps in in Providence before he really comes up. I think when he comes up, then they're anticipating him to stay with the team for a while, and I don't know if what, that's the case right now. What about, and hear me out, Anton Strawman? Does he that have his passport big... figured out? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> no, I think um, you know. I I think I think realistically, I think you're probably going to see Zaboral and um, Ian Mitchell. There we go. Holy hell! Because um, I'm I'm totally with you. Like I would love to see Laura. He's going to get called up at some point, but there's also a lot of value in having him continue to develop and get uh, you know top pairing minutes in Providence and like. Having your first career NHL game be against the Toronto Maple Leafs in a game where you're down two of your top four defensemen, um, I would prefer that not to be the case. And then you go out like Detroit is out on the road. Dallas is a good team in Dallas. Why don't you just wait a little bit to call them up uh, when they're playing some shit bum team at the Garden. Give them the debut then. Yeah, I mean... It is, it is going to be interesting. Um, it would be cool to see Lurai, but like I said, too, I don't think that they want him to kind of what's what's the right terminology like riding the bus, right? I don't think they want him to be up and then down and then up Taxi again and then squad, down, yeah. right? Because that's what they did with Zaboral. Um, that's what they did with guys like Lauko, too. And I feel like that just kind of you know, uh, hampen it, it. What's the word I'm looking for? It hampers their, their willingness to. I don't know what I'm saying, but I, I don't think 
it, it it diminishes their confidence a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And especially with a guy like Laura, he just got here. You don't want him to already be bouncing around from place to place. You want him to kind of yeah. get solidified, figure out your game. And then when it's time, it's time. Yeah, and like Lorai is definitely in, in the eyes of the Bruins organization, and I think the eyes of many is going to be a big time player. He's going to be a, a franchise piece in this defensive core for years to come. And you know, although he's going to be good, we hope he's going to be good. He's clearly not ready yet. If the Bruins haven't called him up yet, and I think to have his debut be like you said, only because they have two injured defensemen and, and they have some other guys in limbo. So they went, Oh shit, we got to, you know, let's call Laura up and give them a game here. And knowing that they're just going to send them back down when uh, McAvoy comes back. And when Grizzly comes back, I don't think there's value in that. I think it, it, it makes more sense to let him stay in Providence, continue on the training regimen, what he's been doing in Providence the last couple months now gearing up for the season. And when he's ready to be called up and to make a difference, not just for four games until McAvoy comes back, but when he's ready to play, you know, to finish out the season and be a part of this team for the foreseeable future, that's when you call him up. I think we're both on the same page. It's probably going to be some point this year, but like you don't have to rush it just because there's two guys hurt. Don't call him up. Then just send him down in a week anyways, when these guys come back, like call him up right. when he's ready to be called up. And I think, right. I think we're both saying the same thing. And it's funny because initially, right, initially when, you know, McAvoy made that hit and we all knew that there was a suspension coming and we found out Grizzly was going to make a couple make. We found out Grizzly was going to miss a couple weeks. I think it was on everybody's mind, you know, for right away. Lorai, Lorai is coming up. Lorai is coming. Like, it's his time. Now Lorai is coming. We're going to get to see Lorai. So I put out a, a poll on Twitter. I said, so Grizzly getting hurt. Or Grizzlick Hurt potentially missing time. Now we know it's weeks. McAvoy potentially getting suspended a game or more. Do the Bruins see Mason Laura make his NHL debut Thursday against Toronto? Simple yes or no. Over 1,000 votes. 90% said yes. 10% said no. Really? So the, 90% the, think he's making his debut? Against and, that's, and that's over 1,000 votes. 1,113 to be exact. Listen, um, I hope they're right because I would love to see him against Toronto. I just I don't know if that's the right play right now. Right, definitely from a fan perspective and just from an entertainment value. Hell yeah, I want to see Lorai. But looking at it through the eyes of the management and player development, I I think they would be leaning more towards guys like Mitchell, guys like Zaboral, guys like apparently Watherspoon. Um, <laughs> I've, 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 I'm not even kidding. I've I thought you made that up. I've never heard that man's name in my entire life. Yeah, well, Reese Watherspoon is coming up. I, I was going to say that. <laughs> he's, he's coming up. He's coming up. He's coming up to make some noise. Watch him come up and just like never go back down. He's just nasty. Oh, yeah, he's literally Bobby Orr. Gives him number four. <laughs> yeah, Reese Watherspoon's been down in Providence oh, this whole time. What are we doing? You know what? Always the videos that make me laugh. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember who tweeted it, but it was bef- obviously before they announced say that Patro is staying, and it was somebody tweeted like, "Oh, like, like, uh, if if Patra goes back to the O, if the Bruins, if Neely sends Patra back to the OHL, and it was a video of when they were hanging his number up to the rafters, but they played oh, it yeah. first, so they were playing yeah. number eight down." <laughs> I think I think that's uh I think that's Petrov McGuire on Twitter. Shout oh out my to, god! It shout was out so to their funny. account. It's so yeah. He was that. he was the one yesterday who tweeted um 
Oh, hang on. I want to find it because it was it was it was so funny. He was he was tweeting all the game eight shit, mm-hmm. and it was it was cracking me up. Let me find it. Let me find it. Was he it tweeted, like game? Uh, oh, you okay. Bruins and Panthers game eight tonight. We've got them right where we want them. Back on Garden Ice. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of my favorite accounts on twitter so shout out to them um (laughs) but yeah dude i mean it would be cool to see laura i i i don't know if it's the time um but yeah so that was the three game you know three game uh recap anaheim detroit and uh florida game eight game nine back in florida who knows when that's gonna be but (laughs) um we did we did ask you guys for some dms so um as i pull it up right now we're gonna go through those you have a car all right you can start yeah we got two well i got two first one was from john o you can follow him on twitter at johnny o underscore 777 unless we want to start with jack from across all right let's start with jack let's start with jack because jackie was a heater this week all right, perfect. Uh, all right, Jack said, "Hey, something's brewing, team." Oh, sorry, this is Jack, our friend from England. Hang on, let me um, see what his Twitter is. You can follow Jack on Twitter at a Jack B underscore. Jack said, "Hey, something's brewing, team." Oh, by the way, I want to preface: we kind of like low key called Jack out because he did not send us a DM last week. <laughs> I think you were kind of wondering what the hell's up with that. Um, so Jack said, Hey, something's brewing team. I thought I'd fire you guys a message early last week, but clearly forgot <laughs> to summarize. The sharks are still so boring. There's bacteria that will be more exciting than them this season. The Kings were dethroned by the Bruins. Zegris, the human embodiment of a fidget spinner and his team of ducks cashed in on a fatigued Ooh. Bruins team and accidentally beat us in overtime. Connor Bedard, <laughs> that, that accidentally, accidentally beat us. <laughs> Connor Bedard is breaking his back, carrying his whole team for no reason, as they're still awful. And then in parentheses, shithousery, shout out Marshawn for dragging the poster boy to the benches again. And we comfortably beat the Red Wings. In short, an apology is required for all those who said the Bruins would crumble this season. As it turns out, keeping the best goalie tandem in the league, your top goal scorer, at deep defense still means you can win games. Last week's pod had a voicemail talking about changing the goal song. Throwing my 50 points in here. Oh, 50p. Maybe that means 50 pounds because then he said, don't know what the American equivalent of that phrase is. <laughs> I go for, he said, I go for either pig bag. My team Middlesbrough plays this when we score. We'll try and send a link below for it. And it fits the vibe of no lyrics, but you can belt the zombie nation-esque tune out or go for freed from desire by gala this one is a popular chant in football and then in parentheses soccer as we change the lyrics for whoever scored example Pasternak scores freed from desire gets played whole of td garden sings pasta's on fire your defense is terrified and then he sent the link below he said, cool. conveniently a lot of bruins players names would fit this song without feeling forced hmm. then he says this week's question is a bit morbid, so apologies for lowering the tone, and by all means, I won't be upset if you decide to swerve it, but I'm sending this the day after the tragic death of Adam Johnson of the Nottingham Panthers. What can be done to further improve player safety? 
Bettman seems hell-bent on doing everything possible to remove fighting, and yet so much skin is left unprotected with players skating around with literal knives on their feet. Surely there can be some form of goalie neck protection for players as well as something to protect the wrists. I think I saw you or Sully tweeted or it came from either the pods, Twitter, or the drop the mitts one, but what is the next step for players' safety? Cheers. All right. Um, first of all, what happened in England with Adam Johnson is terrible, awful, horrific. If you haven't seen the video, don't watch the don't. video. Do not yeah. watch the video. It is awful. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, I think the majority of people have seen the Clint Malarchuk video. Um, the goalie in Buffalo, 1989, who got his throat cut open as well. He he survived. Um, this video is a hundred times worse than that video. Um, it's graphic. It's disgusting. Um, <clears throat> And and knowing that a person lost their life due to exactly what happened in the video is exactly one of the reasons why you shouldn't watch it. Um, it honestly should be wiped from the internet, to be honest with you. But th- I'm not even going to bring up one aspect of people's opinions because I think it's mainly coming from people who have either never played the sport and don't understand how your body reacts when you clip a player or you get hit parts of your body can go anywhere, right? Like you can't, it's hard to control your body when you get hit at that high speed of a play. So those people just have to stop. It's not fair to either player. It's not fair to the families. It's not fair to friends. Um, I don't know. I understand, I understand why I understand both sides. People who want to see more neck protection come in the game, right? Neck guards, um, you know, those one piece suits that you can wear underneath your your uh <clears throat> your 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 shoulder pads or whatnot. I understand that some people growing up playing the game um would like to see it remain a, a personal choice per player, which by all means that's logical. The other sense of it being making that kind of protection mandatory, I think makes more sense in this scenario and in any scenario. You you have to protect your players. You have to protect your, your game. Um, 8,000 people in Nottingham saw Adam Johnson die in the most brutal way possible. Um, in the most graphic way possible. Those 8,000 people are affected for life. They're affected forever. They saw somebody pass away right in front of their eyes in an awful way. And they just went to go watch a hockey game. That's it. They went to go watch a sports game. Come to the United States, come to Canada. There's 20,000 people in those rinks. There's thousands more watching on TV every night. Yeah these kinds of incidents are preventable or at least, you know, preventable to a certain point because I know certain neck guards, right? If they're not, 
completely attached to something underneath. They can move around as well and potentially push the blade into a more dangerous area. Um, I personally would like to see them mandate it. I I don't see why they wouldn't. They mandated helmets. They mandated visors. Um, it's time to mandate neck guards, in my opinion. And if you don't have that opinion, anybody listening, if you don't have that opinion, I'm not going to fight you against it. It's your opinion. Um, but personally, I think you have to do everything you can to protect the players. I mean, the game is faster than ever. The game is... Um, uh, more watched than ever protect your players yeah so obviously first and foremost um our thoughts and prayers go to adam johnson and everybody on the Nottingham panthers and everybody within that community um but to to matt Packrave as well the player who was on the other end of the incident i know there's been a lot of um kind of disgusting discourse that's been going on about his intent and and you know their interpretations of what happened and i think um i could not disagree with what they're saying more. And I think I will just leave it at that because I don't want to bring that into the show. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that player safety is, is the most paramount thing. And I think that um, it should be the most paramount thing. And I know I don't like to cross sports, but we can talk about the NFL quickly. I know how they've, you know, obviously concussions have been a huge issue in the NFL with CTE and they had, you know, the, the movie and everything that came out about that um, and head contacts. So the NFL went out and they, uh, they've been investing money in developing new helmets and working with partners to help limit concussions and head contact. And they have new technology that I know goes around a player's neck and it does something with the blood flow to their brain. So it produces some sort of natural protection. They've actually changed the rules on kickoffs to help prevent um, those high speed collisions that can contribute directly to concussions. So, um, I mean, I think that when you look at other leagues across, uh, you know, the professional landscape, safety is always paramount. And I think that this is a terrible example, um, of what can happen. And I think that this should set the trend for the NHL, for hockey communities around the world, like institute net guards or, or put resources towards developing player safety or educate some of these players on like wearing neck guards. Like people say that it looks stupid. I remember when we were kids, it wasn't common for players to wear neck guards because it looked stupid and people would honestly chirp the kids wearing neck guards. Yeah. You'd be called turtleneck. Yeah. But if you can wear a neck guard and it can save your life, like it it should be a no brainer. Like you and I have a men's league game tonight. I would not be surprised if there were players that were wearing neck guards. Like it, this, like this, it's, this is a huge moment, I think in the safety of this game. And I know the league that it happened in the, the elite league, whatever it's called in England, immediately established a new rule where it's mandatory where players have to wear neck guards. Um, I know uh, in the wake of the incident, the Providence Bruins, a lot of players wore neck guards in their game. I know Fabian Lysel was one of the players wearing neck guards in the game the other night. So, I mean, this is a, a tragic situation, but like this, it, it, it as shitty as it sounds, like this isn't necessarily uncommon. Like we talk about Malarchuk, like when when his incident with his this, when he took the skate to his neck, um, Lauko just got a skate to the face last week. Evander King got a skate over the wrist. I think that was it. Was that in warmups? It might have been. I mean, it, no, it, it had- no. Evander Kane, he he got stepped on by Maroon. In the warmups thing was Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall oh, got his face stepped on, and they mandated helmets and warm-ups yeah i mean these players are skating with literal knives on their feet and if and if there's like i know that they've adopted technology you kind of mentioned it it's almost like like the full body suit where like the chest protector shoulder pads elbow pads and, and wrist pads are included as well like if trying to limit as much skin contact as possible 
I think is important. So, you know, yeah. if, if that means if, if mandating neck guards um, means that an incident like this never happens again, then who cares if you think neck guards look dumb? I think that, that you yeah. would have to be kind of silly to not be all aboard. So, you know, and, thoughts and prayers out to everybody, to Adam Johnson and his family and Matt Petgrave as well. Yeah. And honestly, too, like we like remember Thomas Placanic, um, Montreal, who was famous for wearing that. Um, Brian Gionta wore neck guard, too, I remember. Yeah, Brian Gionta. And I think I think the more players that wear them, the more honestly acceptable between players, you know, they would be. And also, by the way, too, like nobody's going to chirp anybody anymore for wearing one after what we just saw and i mean like the nhl has done stuff like this before like like now it's mandatory all players entering the league have to wear a visor on their helmet because it helps with with uh injuries to your nose and your eyes and everything and and like like sorry but like honestly like say lauko wasn't wearing a visor that who know that could have hit him directly in the eye yeah exactly and like if if it's something as simple as wearing a neck guard or wearing a one piece that includes protection over your neck. Like I know goalies, there's neck guards for goalies. I know when we were in high school, it's a man thing where goalies have to wear that clear neck guard that attaches to their helmet. Like there's rules in place in different levels of hockey to maximize protection. And in the NHL with the fastest, strongest, biggest players, best players in the entire world, you would think that these would be the ones who would want to be maximizing their safety. So like the NHL has made a lot of boneheaded decisions. They've made a lot of mistakes. They've done a lot of stupid rule changes and procedures in the past. And like, I think that this is a moment for them to, to take a step in the right direction and start investing some money into keeping their players safe. And I think that could start with mandatory making neck guards mandatory. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know you had um, a couple of DMS that you wanted to start us off with, but shout out to Jack. Thank you, Jack. Um, Thanks Jeff. Yeah, real sensitive subject, um, real legit subject, but you know, yeah. We also yeah. we also received another DM from John O. Follow John oh. on Twitter at Johnny O underscore seven seven seven. He said, "DM for the show. What is there left to say to the fans in in quotes who still believe that Tuka Rask wasn't as good as Timmy Thomas?" I mean, oh. just look at the stats. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Tuka you, right. Tuka Rask, Tuka Rask wasn't Tim as good as Tim Thomas. Yes. What do you say to the fans who believe that Rask was not as good as Tim Thomas? Listen, Tuka Rask is okay. Tim Thomas. Okay. Tim Thomas brought us a cup for sure. He won us that cup in 2011. Tuka Rask was an all around better goalie for longer. So I'm so done having this conversation about Tuca. You know what? You know what? It's like, I, I'm not even, I'm not even engaging in these anymore because it's almost like, and shout out John, by the way, for being on yeah. our side on this fight, but it's almost like, uh, it's like you're going through a divorce and you got to pick like which parent you love more or something like, damn it. I love <laughs> and I love Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas is, has one of the greatest stretches a player has ever had for those three to four years here, and, and obviously including the Stanley Cup season where he was dominant. The Bruins have no shot at winning that Stanley Cup if they have if the Bruins have anybody other than Tim Thomas in net in 2011, they do not win the Stanley Cup, including Tuka Rask. Yep. But Tuka Rask also, like, I'm not gonna just forget about the 12 years he had here post Tuka Rask as a starter, where he set every single franchise goalie record 
And uh, he's also, I believe he's top five in NHL history in goals against average and save percentage. I can't forget that. So for the like people who say that Tuka Rask wasn't as good as Tim Thomas, I mean, they were better at different things. Like if you want to say Tim Thomas is a better playoff performer than Tuka Rask, Valid. I'll give you that. Obviously, I'll yeah. give you that. Although I think that like uh, people think Tuka Rask is a slouch. Although if you were to look at his career numbers in the playoffs, they're actually like freaking insane, which is yeah. like people just remember the bad moments. But I mean, you're comparing him to Tim Thomas, right? one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen. So I'll give right. you that. But you can also argue that like what Tuka Rask has done, continued excellence in the regular season. I mean, Tim Thomas never did that for as long as Tuka Rask did. So I think that the, like both of them are great for different reasons. And having to pick one over another, I think, is silly. But like, if you were to say that Tuka Rask couldn't sniff Tim Thomas's jock strap, or Tuka Rask wasn't as good as Tim Thomas, I think that's a little asinine. Yeah, I do too. Um, but yeah, shout out to Johnny O for the question. Um, you want to bounce to the next one? Uh, those were the only two I got. It was him and Jack. Oh, okay, so all right, so I'll rattle these ones off then. Um, this first one comes in from Bird the Baked Bear. Uh, shout out. You can follow him on Twitter at my underscore Bruins. Um, also host of the Big Bear podcast. Um, but he asked for the second season in a row, our Bruins have started the season, leaving us wondering when slash if they'll ever lose. It's not a question, just facts. In response to him, I said, Este equipo nunca puede poner. Huh? This team may never lose again. Um, (laughs) but it's the crazy part is they started as good as last season was they've started this season better at least with a better record I know and um, because I I actually now that I think about it I think it was it was him who I was referencing in our last episode when somebody was saying that like this Bruins team isn't as good as they were last year. Last year they had like the greatest season in regular, you know, the greatest regular season history, greatest season in regular season history. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that makes sense. I don't know. I mean, my my brain's a little fried right now. Um, But despite that, they lost in the first round and they were like, Oh yeah, well this, you know, this Bruins team isn't as good as that. And he was like, well, you know, last year's Bruins team didn't start off five and oh, like something like that, you know, (laughs) but like, yeah, no, I mean, they've looked great. Obviously they had the one hiccup against uh, Anaheim in a game that they should have won, but like, you know, 81, oh, and one, I think isn't, isn't out of the picture. I think that's a really, uh, a realistic goal for this team. Yeah, no, I don't think it, I, I, they might end the season with, let's, let's, let me think. Do you even hear what I just said? 163 points. <laughs> that's what that they, yeah, that would be, that's really good math from you. Holy think Lord. about that. Think about that. Last year's team got 135 points out of a possible 164. I know. And this year, the Bruins are <laughs> on pace at 163. They're on pace to beat it. Oh, what a oh, team we have in Boston. I love hockey, but um, yeah. So shout out to bird, the big bear. Um, we kind of answered this next one earlier in the show, but, and the questions answered already anyways. Um, but this came in from the meat man. Shout out to uh, Marty. Maddie. Shout out to cross court coverage. Uh, follow him on Twitter at the meat man, two, five, three. He said, by the way, Maddie, by the way, great, yeah. great Halloween costume today. Did you see him? Yes, I did. I did. Lebowski, the dude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. he, was, he was rocking it. Um, he said, Maddie Patra has done enough to stay on this roster. True or false? Um, I think 
if if you say false, you're just a shock jock looking for something to get the people going because there's literally not a single part of Matt Potra's game you can say doesn't warrant it and it doesn't doesn't qualify him as an NHL player. And uh, everybody and their mother knew that he was going to stay on the Bruins. It was just a matter of old Donnie boy agreeing with us and thank the Lord that he did. And it's a good thing Cam Neely did because like I mentioned before, if Neely didn't sign off on that, you would have seen number eight come down from the rafters because Boston would have went crazy if Potter went back to the OHL. Oh, my God, yeah. He would have went back to golf and they'd be like, shit, we – Gave your jersey number away. You have to be yeah. your number. Like, <laughs> in here. <laughs> yeah. Why are you, Maddie? Why are you here? Um, you know, give him the give him the suite room in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maddie. We don't. We gave your locker room stall away, dude. I don't know. You have <laughs> to get changed. We're never going to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So shout out Marty. Shout out Cross Court. Um. But this next question comes in from Boss Sports Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Jinky underscore Watt. Um. They said with McAvoy out for a few games and Grizz injured, surely can trade Brown, Mitchell, etc. for some help. And where the heck can a person in the UK purchase Beckett hockey magazines? Um, I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna make any trades. To be honest with you, I think they're gonna use what they have in their in their system right now. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And I mean, you know, the only reason that uh. Sorry, was he talking about who was he talking about? Patrick Brown? Um, Brown and Mitchell, yeah. But nobody's gonna want to trade for them for anything yeah. significant. Land the floss toys. But um in terms of the Beckett hockey magazines, I told you I would do some investigating and I did. I couldn't find anything online or not online, but like in stores around the UK. The best I could find was eBay. So that might, that might be your best bet. He could um, figure that out on his own. <laughs> but, but shout out to Jinky Watt. Again, follow him on Twitter at Jinky underscore Watt. Two T's. Um, this next one comes in. We have two more. This comes in from Laura. You can follow her on Twitter at Mythical Wonder 3. Shout out Laura. Um, I've seen her on Twitter before. Um, she said, can you talk about how Zaka has improved and what line he should be on? Oh my God. Zaka looks great. He looks, I mean, it's easy to say that after he just, you know, cut the overtime winner the other night, but hey, at least he know, didn't miss the net. If that was last year, that thing would have been in the corner. That's true. Um, he, did he, did he have two, do you just have a two goal game? Zaka? I thought, um, are you talking about against Florida? Oh no, he had a goal against Florida. I thought he had a two goal game. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just thinking about Potra. Uh, oh, maybe I'm thinking about Pasta who had a two goal game a couple games. Yeah, ago. no, he scored against Chicago, Detroit, and Florida. Those are his three goals on the season. Oh, you know what it was? I'm thinking. I think he has three goals in his last four games or something like that. Yes, but no, yes. That, yeah, that's what it is. Zaka's Zaka's look great, um, and he's a kind of player too. Like, you know, if you put him on the wing, I think he's better at center. I think his his talents and his uh, his skill set is more fit for that of a center. Um, but like, I mean, it seems like you can put him on the first line, second line, if you want, you could put him on the third line. I mean, I wouldn't, and he can produce and contribute and seamlessly fit into any line. I think that's really hard to find in a player. Um, he's a player like, I I, I feel weird to compare him to, to, to Patra. We were talking about how there's really no part of Patra's game that you can nitpick right now and say that like, it, you know, he, maybe he can, he can prove this. He doesn't look good here. He looks weak here. And I think you can see, you can say the same about Zaka. I mean, obviously he he kind of sucked on the penalty kill against the Ducks the other night when he couldn't get the puck out of the zone. But like that's a guy you can put him on the power play. You can put him on the penalty kill. He's gonna win faceoff. He's a big body, and now he's filling up the score sheet. Three goals in the last four games. He's setting guys up. 
Um, I mean, he's like, I know a lot of people obviously joked about Zaka being the first line center. I think the people who were saying the most jokes were obviously fans of other teams, but like, he's looked great. Like you don't need him to get you 90 points. He doesn't have to be a hundred point player. Like he just needs to do exactly what he's doing right now. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think he should be, should he be first line, first line center? I mean, he should be, he's thriving in it now. He's got Marshawn and Pasta on his wing. Plus the team is undefeated in regulation. I think what they have right now is perfect. Um, they're deep in all lines, especially when the team is fully healthy. Um, they're so versatile. You, They're so interchangeable too. You, I mean, you could slide up Frederick. You can mix all the wingers together. You can make endless amounts of combinations between all the players you have. Um, I like the way they're utilizing him right now. I think it's really smart. And I think, I really think it wouldn't be the same conversation if the Bruins didn't have Patra either. Having Patra playing the way that he does and having him be as reliable as he is, adds so much to this lineup and adds so many, you know, different avenues for Jim Montgomery to go down. So Zaka first line, second line, one of those two, I don't want to see him on the third line. I think first or second line is fine by me. Oh yeah. I'm with you. And, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there too with, with Patra. I mean, two months ago, the Bruins, their second line center was coil. They didn't, their third line center was, I guess, probably geeky and they were going to put, Bokris as their fourth line center and like boy has everything really changed being able to have Pacha play your second line center minutes um and slide you know the best third line center in hockey back to that third line center position where he feasted last year I mean it's it's unbelievable the uh the depth and the the flexibility that just adding Pacha does to this team yeah we're so thankful for him um, but yeah, so <laughs> shout, shout out to Laura again. You can follow her on Twitter at mythical wonder three. Um, last DM that we got here tonight is from Bruins 2024 Stanley cup champions. You can follow them on Twitter at Nick O'Brien seven, two, six. Mel, you're going to start this one. He says, I'm going to need some Forbert bashing due to him hurting Lucic. Listen, you're not going to get any from me today, which is, <laughs> which is, which is a rare occurrence. Although I did, I did say last week that Forbert was a, I don't remember the exact phrase that I used, but I did make fun of him last week. And I threw some shots his way for sending a shot right into Lucic's foot, which of course <laughs> you, can't, you can't blame him for. But um, no, I mean, like, I've been really hard on Forbert. I've I've said some stuff about. Uh, I mean, I think I've called him a traffic cone. Um, yeah. I've I've been visibly surprised at his ability to win puck win puck battles. Um, but the Bruins need him to step up right now. I think especially last game when Grizzly went down, when McAvoy went out, and he more than answered the call. I mean, he looked comfortable. I think there's been times when like the puck is on his stick and you can almost see it's like a hot potato. He's like, oh shit, what do I do with it? And uh, he's he's. For a guy his size, there's at times he has trouble winning battles in the corner. Um, he has slow transitions when he's backing off off the blue line, and he can spring guys that way. He he would get beat to the outside all the time. All the time, players would be able to race past him. And last game especially, and the last couple games too, he's been stringing some good games of hockey here, and they're going to need him moving forward now with Grizzly and McAvoy out. So for a guy who sent a lot of shots forward's way, I got none today. None. Yeah. He has earned. He is more than earned my uh, my appreciation for his play right now. He's playing lights out at the moment. 
Yeah, if this question came in like three games ago, we would have been all over it. But for right now, oh, yeah, I would have said some bio stuff. <laughs> <laughs> for right now, for right now, Forbert has earned some respect. Um, so I'm gonna refrain from that as well. But that was all the DMs for this week. Um, we can do a quick little three game preview. Um, let's go with let's see. So the McAvoy and Grizzlick and Lucic less Bruins against Toronto on Thursday. Give me your pick. Listen. Now this is a little different because you and I will be in attendance in the mm-hmm. 300 section, baby. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I would have comfortably – I'll give you my thought process. At first, I was thinking, oh, shit, you know, the Bruins aren't going to win solely because Boosie will be in attendance. And he is like the ultimate – if. If Boosie is in attendance at a Bruins game at the Garden, put it's all your money on the other team. He it's is, a mush. He, yeah, he is the ultimate bad luck charm. But he was at the game against Florida the other night where the Bruins obviously came back and won. So I think he's got a little good luck juju going his way right now. On top of that, like not to toot my own horn, I'm a freaking four-leaf clover. Like I am a horseshoe. I am the rabbit's foot or ear, whatever the hell it is. I am... <laughs> Like I am the good luck charm of all good luck charms when it comes to Bruins hockey. So I, I think having me in the audience as well as Boosie while he's riding a heater right now, like do I am I dare I say shut out? Like five nothing Bruins. <laughs> oh boy. We're getting shut out against Toronto just because <laughs> of that little rant. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. So what's your what's your score prediction? Um I'm gonna say I'm going to say Bruins win 4-3. 4-3 win. Um, yeah, I'm going to say statement game for the Bruins as well. I'm going to say a 4-1 to one win. I also want to say, too, because, I mean, obviously, Austin Matthews coming into town. It's going to be exciting to see guys a light show. Against the Florida Panthers, I had to check the score sheet to see if Makachuk was playing. Yeah. Holy visible. Like, the Bruins totally shut him down that game. So maybe they can carry over that play against another superstar in the uh, – in Austin Matthews come Thursday. Yeah. And actually we're going to do only a two game preview because there's only two games in between right now and our next recording. So oh, nice. Uh, so next one, jackets and Bruins. Or I'm sorry. I did it again. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> Bruins. Bruins. Red calendar Red. Much? Okay. Bruins so we are going to do, we're going to do three. I'm so sorry, dude. We're gonna do- <laughs> <laughs> Bruins Red Wings. <laughs> Bruins Red Wings, um, that's in Detroit. Bruins just saw them, and I remember, I remember last year when the Red Wings were still really bad last year. The Bruins obviously were best team in the league, and the Bruins played the Red Wings twice in. in it might have been it was either back to back games, or they at the very least played them twice in a week. First game, Bruins beat them. Second game, the Bruins got their shit kicked in, like five to one or something. I remember people yep. were freaking out, um, and. I think you kind of had to settle their nerves and say, listen, they played them twice in a week. That kind of shit's going to happen. Bruins obviously look great at home against the Red Wings over the weekend where they won four to one. I think coming on a game following the Toronto Maple Leafs playing in Detroit, a team that you just saw last week. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say four to two Red Wings. Wow. I had this, I had this exact same reasoning and the exact same, uh, score prediction: four to two Red Wings. Hopefully, we're both idiots and they prove yeah. us wrong. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we're both wrong. Um, and then finally, Bruins Stars. 
Stars, um, stars are five one and one right now. Good start yeah, for no, them as stars, well. Stars are good. Um, I think the oh. Bruins going to have some trouble without. Again, this is another game on the road in Dallas. Again, without McAvoy or Grizzly, I think that's going to catch up to them at some point. I'm going to say. Um, oh man, three two really... three 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 two stars. I'm going to say three to two stars in overtime. What is like? We're Listen, always on the same wavelength. I don't Listen, understand. The stars are aligning. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get better in any episode. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> All right. So me, me and Mel, I have the Bruins going one, one, and one in these next three games. Uh, Mel, you had them one, two, and oh. One, yeah, exactly. All right. Perfect. All right. Hey. Um. Yeah, episode 65 of the Something's Brewing podcast. Um, as always, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can follow them on on Twitter at Primetime Prods. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Mel on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. The Bruins have three tough games coming up. Maple Leafs, Wings, and Stars. Those are no slouches of teams. Um, it'll be a really interesting stretch of hockey here. Bruins have a little bit of an extended uh, break. Not playing the next game until Thursday. They got two days off. Um, no McAvoy. No Grizzlick. No Lucic. One Matthew no Patra. Yeah. One Matthew Patra. Two That's all we need. unbelievable goalies. And one possible Mason Lorai. Oscar oh. Steen. Oscar Steen is coming in them. <laughs> Fuck up the NHL. John Beecher, Johnny Beecher is still here. Matthew Patra, the race for the Calder is on. He's not going anywhere. Um, it's him and Bedard. I don't care. It's him and Bedard, and I'm taking Patra all day, baby. So, listen, with that being said, this is episode 65 of the Sublet's Brewing Podcast. We've got three big games. We'll catch you next week. Bye. chocolate a piece of chocolate cake at work today ever since then i've like i think it was laced with laxatives no i just i have a headache like a migraine sometimes sometimes chocolate can do that to you all right ready does it yeah uh, for me it's like the same, thing, <laughs> same, same thing with coke coca-cola 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 <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't yeah, Pepsi do, does that to me. I don't. I don't do drugs.